Welcome to Grace Community Church On Demand, the weekly podcast from the Sunday services at Grace Community Church in Rupert, Idaho. Here at Grace, we believe in building the kingdom of God one person at a time. We're passionate about loving God, loving people, and following Jesus. Let's get into this week's message with Pastor Travis Turner. cool is that, that, uh, that Nika, um, we baptized her before she went into the Marine Corps. She went into boot camp, and we just got word that she's gathered around with a bunch of other new Marines, and they're, and they're going to church this morning with us. Amen. So I'm going to ask you to continue to pray for her and pray for, for uh, you know, for her brothers and sisters. I'm so proud of her. Um, it's, that's, I, I just... It just makes me happy if you're watching still. I hope you are. I hope you didn't turn it off when we started praying for you. But, uh, um, but anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. We're going to bring to a close our series that we've been in. Before I, before I move further, I just want to give a big shout out to Pastor Bo. Man, did he do a great job last week. And I was, I was watching, I was watching him um, online and and I and I gotta be honest, I just started crying because I was just so proud. I was like, that's my son-in-law, you know. <laughs> I was just so proud of him. And and um, you know, we are so blessed with so many people that that can bring just such a good, strong word here at our church. And I'm just saying that 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 we need to we need to be thankful for that. Amen. So many people can can step up and and deliver. We've got you know, we've just got some really great men and women that have some incredible gifts that just use them and they're on the ready to, you know, on the ready to use them. How many of you are ready for Pastor Javi to speak coming up here sometime real soon? Amen. Come on, put your hands together. Love that. He always brings a dynamic, dynamic word. And, um, and I just love our team. But today we're going to finish a series, and I'm, I'm not going to get real preachy because i got to teach a little bit because of the subject matter. I don't want to be misunderstood. And, um, and it's not like I'm going to teach deep because I really don't have very much deep in me. Um, I'm, about, I'm about waist levels where I, I kind of like to hang out. You know, it's not too, you know, you can get cooled off, but you're not going to drown, right? And, um, and so... But I, I do want to be careful with the message. This isn't going to be like a super inspirational message or anything like that. But I think it's I think what we're going to talk about today, it deserves some consideration. It deserves for us to pause and to just look at where we are as a, as a people, as a as a as a nation and a world. And I believe that this word is for us. Deuteronomy chapter 30 And verse 19 has been our key scripture, and it says this, This day I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death. Somebody say life and death. Blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live. I want to identify this morning that life is filled with crossroads. And what you need to know about a crossroad is that you need to make a decision at a crossroad. I mean, just even naturally, just you come to a crossroad, what are the decisions that you have? An intersection. You have the choice, am I going to go straight? Am I going to turn right? 
or am I going to turn left, or am I just going to block traffic and just stay right, right where I am? So when you come to a crossroads in life, you need to know that there is a choice that must, to be, must be made. And in the latter part of the scripture says, now choose life so that you and your children may live. Now choose life that you and your children may live. See, this is a very intimate and a personal um, word for a small group of people. He's talking about family. And so you could, you could apply this to you. It's like the Lord saying to you, Anthony, I have put before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Now choose life so that you and your children may live. Now it's personal. It's just not talking about people. It's talking about, it's talking about my family. So if we look at our current situation, we've got the pandemic, which has stricken a great deal of fear, not only in our nation, not only in our community, but around the world, right? Like people are talking about COVID-19 and how many deaths and are they real or are they this and that, but it's got everybody's attention. Are you a mask wearer? Are you, hopefully, I can, hopefully you're like me. I have sanitized my hands more this last few months than I have washed my hands my whole entire life. I mean, I am just like everywhere I go, it's just, it's becoming, it's becoming second nature, you know? Um, and, and so we've got this pandemic that has caused fear, you know, am I going to get it? And if I get it, am I going to be the ones that, you know, one of the ones is going to be put on a, is it going to kill me? Is it going to take me out? Man, I don't want to, I, I just don't even want to get it. And then some people are like, I just want to get it, get the antibodies and just move on, you know, move on with life. But it's stricken a lot of fear in the hearts of, of people. And uh, not only that, but it's hit the pocketbook as well, because some people, especially small business owners, come on, they can't, they have not been able to afford, come on, to continue on. My heart goes out for people that both husbands and wives lost their job at the, at the same time. And they're trying to figure out, man, how are we going to, you know, continue on? We've got this much to cover and we're, there's just no way. There, there doesn't seem to be a way. Come on, where there seems to be no way, there's always a way in Christ Jesus. God knows how to how to cover and provide for and protect us even beyond our own abilities to do it ourselves. Then we've got all of the all of the all of the violence and the division that's in our that's in our nation. I don't know about you, but I really really have struggled with this. Being a being a marine myself, I've struggled with you know knowing that some of the people that I went through the Marine Corps with did not make it home. They did not make it home because they were fighting for the liberties and the freedoms that we have. And then for our, you know, for me to see our flag being stomped on and burned and all, it really, really just, it, it really sets things in my mind that are unbecoming of a pastor. And so that I too have to have a choice that I have to make. Come on, am I going to walk in the flesh like I was trained to do? Or am I going to walk in the spirit and not, not fulfill the, the lust and the desires of the flesh? Because there are times where I forget who I am. Come on, what we need, we need to rise up. And I'm like, Travis, who are you? That's not you. That's not who you are. But it's caused all kinds of issues in our nation. We have adopted as a people a lying culture. Like there used to be a time where, where the media 
Come on, they, were, they held themselves to a standard of speaking nothing but the truth, or as much truth as they could possibly, you know what I mean? There was, some, there was some morals behind it, but now every time that you hear something, you have, because I have to, we have been conditioned to question, can I believe this group? Can I believe this person? And so our go-to is to doubt until they prove themselves to be truthful. We have adopted a lying culture. We have a hard time as a people telling the truth. And we said, that's okay. We, 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 we bought into the idea that that's just, it's, it's just, it's just okay. And then, we've got, and then we've got fires that are just burning up our whole region. Idaho, Oregon, Washington, California. It's, there's so many fires that are taking place. And, and while we deal with fires, other places are dealing with earthquakes and tornadoes. Come on, I can deal with a little fire. There's no way I would want to, I would want to live on Tornado Alley or along these places that get flooded about every, every other year. And so we've got issues in our own region and around our nation. And then you add on top of that your own personal problems, which we prayed for some of them today. Man, I'm just not getting along with my wife. Man, my kids are making poor decisions. They're, they're doing things that I didn't teach them. I didn't raise them to do, but they're doing them, they're doing them anyway. Man, I lost my job. How am I going to provide for my family? Man, I keep falling into the sin of pornography. Man, this. I mean, you could just go on and on and on and on. And I'm just telling you, as a people, we are so worn out and we are so weary and we are so tired. But I'm telling you, now is not the time to fall asleep. There's still a choice to be made. And my question is this, what choice are you going to make at this crossroads in life? Come on, this time in, in history is going to go down in the books of all the different things that transpired and changed. And my question is this, what choice are you going to make for you and your family? Because the choice that you make is going to impact, just as we've just read here, is going to impact your life and your children in the future. You know, you might think that, that man, there's so many problems going on in our world today. What difference is my choice going to make? I mean, we got so many big problematic issues. And really, what, what's the big deal? It doesn't really matter what it is that I do. There's no way I'm going to change Come on, the racial issue. There's no way I'm going to change this issue or that issue. Uh, you know what I mean? So what's the difference? And I'm just telling you this. The difference is huge. And while it might not change things on a, uh, on a, on a huge scale, it will change things for your future and for your family's future and for your children's future. Like it matters what you're doing right here and right now. Amen. It matters. So make sure that you're not falling asleep and just putting yourself in neutral and saying, man, I don't know how this is going to turn out, but, but boy, I sure hope it turns out all right. Come on, you have choices to make as a child of the living God. Number one is this, to choose life, you must, listen, you must choose Jesus. 
to choose life. There's no other way to choose life. This might seem very elementary, but, but there's a lot of things that we think should be that are not. But to choose life like you must choose Jesus, John 14 and 6 says, I am the way. Somebody say the way. I am the truth. Somebody say the truth. I am the life. Somebody say the life. Jesus said, no man comes to the Father but by me. Come on, there's no life but by me. At the intersection of life and death, I want you to know that there are options. I want you to listen to me real quick. There's Jesus' way or there's your way. There's Jesus' way or there's popular opinion's way. There's Jesus' way or there's culture's way. Uh Uh-oh, no, he's not. Yeah, listen, there's Jesus' way or there's the democratic way. Or there's Jesus' way or... The Republicans way. There's Jesus's way. It's it's the way of life. And anything else that opposes Jesus's way is absolute death. And this is why I I, I want to encourage you today. See, I'm not going to live discouraged anymore. I'm going to use the platform that God has given me to encourage people up. Like, listen, I will never tell you how you should vote. It, it's, it's, it's not my position. You've got a mind, and, and, and it's your decision on which direction you should, you should vote. But guess what I am going to tell you? I'm going to tell you that if you're a child of the king, like you better be looking for the person that represents a biblical view. And sometimes it might be very difficult But your job as a Christian, a Christ follower, is to follow, come on, somebody that is is biblically minded, spiritually minded. They stand for the things that Christ stands for. Period. To go against that, and like I said, sometimes it might be difficult, but to go against that. You need to know that this world is not your home. See, we we vote sometimes socially. We vote for what we can get out of things. But I'm just telling you, there's got to be, if the church is not going to be a people that stand up for the things that are important to God, then who is? Who's going to be that people? Your life, your choice, your decisions They matter. And so our job is simply not to follow what we heard this person say or not say, but our job is to find out what the Word of God says and then quickly figure out who it is that lines up close to that. And it might go against something that is going to personally benefit you. And this is why I'm saying you've got got Jesus versus Jesus what you desire and what you want. Come on, this is always a conflict for me. And sometimes I get it wrong. Well, I want to do this, but the Lord says, no, we're going to do this. And I'm like, I'm trying, I'm fighting, I'm just trying to, until finally it's like, okay, Lord, not my will, but your be done. How many of you know that your life is not your own? Amen? Are we okay this morning? All right. Christians don't often follow Jesus' way. 
if we were to take a snapshot of our world today, this should be elementary, but it's not. Like if I'm a Christ follower, it should be, it should be, like it should be evident that Jesus Christ is in me from the fruit that I'm bearing. But it's not automatic. Because though God wants you to do and to be, come on, you still have a choice to make. You still have to come into agreement. And I'm always perplexed at how many people love the Lord. Like there's no question they love the Lord. There's no question. They love Jesus. But yet their, their life decisions don't support don't support what it is that they profess. And listen, I understand being in process because God knows that I have done some stupid things that do not support Christ being evident in my life. And this is why I'm grateful for his grace and his mercy every day. But I'm telling you that we should be pursuing God's way. We should be pursuing what God desires for us. Amen. That means that, that I need to learn to lay down the things, come on, that, that were so important to me and grab hold of the things that are so important to him. I think it's interesting that Jesus was a Jew. Did you know that? He was a Jew. And, 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 and the Jews were under uh, Roman oppression. And there were generationally these... You know, they, they had been passed down from generation to generation to generation that there's a Messiah that's coming. And the Jews of the day, they thought that that Messiah, come on, was going to be a political figure, was going to be a king that was going to change their oppression, you know, from, from, from Rome, that, that he was going to somehow just change everything. And so when the real Jesus came... They didn't see him because they were looking for a political answer to a spiritual issue. And I'm just saying today, it's amazing how many people in the church are waiting, come on, for, for the answer to be a political answer instead of a spiritual answer. We're wanting our government, we're, we're expecting our government, come on, to change the issues that we have in our families. And, 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 and we're waiting for somebody else. And Jesus is like, listen, I'm right here. I've been here all along. Come on, I'm the solution. I'm the answer. People want the government to be an answer. And I'm saying the spiritual problem cannot be solved with a political solution. How many of you know that a law never changed anybody's heart? The law could never do what Jesus did. A law could never, you know, 1962, they took prayer out of the schools. And that was a tragedy. How many of you would agree it was a tragedy, right? But I can tell you this. I, I can't tell you this, but my personal opinion is this, and then I'll tell you something after, right? You know, I can't speak about the prior, but I'm going to give you my opinion on it. I believe before it was taken out of the school, it was taken out of the home. And even today, I hear people, man, this nation just started going down, downward spile, downward spile, 1962, when, when the courts took prayer out of school. But yet we don't pray, come on, in our homes today. And so once again, we're, we're, we're expecting somebody else to mandate something that we're not willing to do in our own homes by grabbing our children's hands, our grandkids' hands, and teaching them the, important of, the importance of prayer. Come on, it's got to start in the home. The issues that we have, they're sin issues. 
that start in the home. The answers are not going to come from the government. It's going to come from the Lord in and through, I believe, the family unit. And I believe that that's what the latter part of this passage of Scripture is speaking to. Racism is not a political problem. Racism is a sin issue. Violence and hatred is not a political issue. It is a sin issue. We have to quit adopting things that we think are okay because of the time that we live in and deny whatever it is that the Lord is saying, listen, that is sin and don't call it anything but sin. You understand what I'm saying? The church is so confused right now because we have left the truth of God's gospel and his word. I said I wasn't going to preach today. I don't know what in the world's going on. But I'm just telling you, we have got to get back to the fundamentals and the basics. We've got to get back to Jesus Christ and him crucified. Yes, I want to do this. Yes, I desire to do that. But God help me because I know that you're calling me out or you're calling me to do something completely different. There is so much confusion in our churches because we speak often one thing, but yet we walk out something completely different and we just make room for it. We don't have a backbone. We don't stand for anything. Everything is just okay. And I'm just telling you, this is why I believe we're in the last day and we are going to see so many because our churches are filled with people. We're going to see, be, see so many people come to a place where they're standing before the Lord, where I've done this and I've done that and I gave my tithe and I went to church and the Lord's going to say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity, because you did your own thing. When I set before you life and death, you chose death. I did everything I could for you, but you chose death. And now you have to depart from me because I don't know who you are. I believe we're seeing some, some amazing things happening in the whole scheme of God's plan. We're a part of it right now, and I'm telling you, now's not the time to go to sleep. Now's not the time to relax. Now's the time to turn up your love, turn up your love for God, turn up your love for truth, turn up your love for one another. Amen? As long as we have sin, we're going to have these issues. If you want to see your children and your family blessed, start serving God fully. And I'm speaking to moms and dads, and I'm speaking to grandmas and grandpas. Come on, don't create space for the devil to get a stronghold in your kids' life by not serving God fully. I want you to look at your kids and your grandkids, everybody, just right now. If you can't see them, if you can't see them personally, you know, here, physically, I want you to think about them in your mind. Think about your children, your children, not your neighbor's children, not your brother's children, not your cousins. I want you to think about your children. Now I want you to think about your grandchildren. I want you to think about your grandchildren. And now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a statement, then I'm going to ask you a question. The statement is this. You're teaching them something. Now the question is this. What are you teaching them? Because if you are not teaching them that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father but through him, 
then you are teaching them the wrong thing. And that passage of Scripture has a lot entailed in it. It's, it's, it's not just saying that, listen, you got to believe on him, but you've got to say, man, I'm, I want to be in the family, God. I want your way to be my way. And, and I know there's going to be conflict, but at the end of the day, just like Jesus prayed in the garden, not mine, but yours be done. We have got to get this flesh under control. We cannot, we, you cannot walk in the flesh, but yet serve the spirit. It's impossible. It's impossible. You've got two masks. You're going to serve one or the other. You're going to serve death or the devil, or you're going to serve the Lord and life. Well, that's just so hard to have that conversation. Do you want your kids to go to heaven? Do you want your grandkids to know Jesus? Let me ask you this. Is there going to be a second generation after you of Christ followers? Or because you went to sleep, come on, on your watch, that, that nobody else is serving the Lord in your family? Come on, we're creating this gospel that is a little bit of this and a little bit of that. The Bible talks it about it, doctrines of men. You mix a little bit of Jesus wherever that fits in, but you can kind of just do whatever it is that you want to do outside of that. Is there going to be more generations of Christ followers from your family because you taught them and raised them in the fear and admonition of the Lord? You were ready and able to have the hard conversation that might be hurtful, but through your teaching and training, the Spirit of God might come alive in those children, in those grandchildren, so that they come to a place of surrender and saying, Jesus, I need you. I don't want my life anymore. I want you. I surrender to you. Come into my life and fill my heart. Are you going to be the last generation of Christ followers? In your family. See, some of you are the first generation, and that's incredible. Some of you come from a lineage of like your grandparents being, your parents and your, their parents, and, and just on and on and on. What's going to happen at your crossroads? Are you going to choose life or are you going to choose death? Choosing life requires that I choose love. In the church, oftentimes we find the flesh leading. I'll even break this down in my own life. I'm ashamed to say it, but oftentimes I find the flesh leading. And I better be quick when I recognize that to repent of my sins and say, Lord, please forgive me. Please come into my life and let me be led by your spirit. Amen. We've got to be we've got to be so on point that when we recognize the sin, we repent and we turn away from it. Choosing love does not require that you have the same upbringing. You don't have to be in the same tax bracket. Choosing love doesn't require that you've got the same skin color. You can choose love and still have your opinion. Come on, you can choose love and you can have an R by your name or a D by your name or an I by your name. And you can still choose love. You can still like there's a way to disagree, but still choose love. There's a way that you could still have an opinion, but still get along with everybody and elevate that Christ is a part of your life and not act crazy and foolish and act like we're sons of the devil or daughters of the same. The fact is this, that if you only love those who love you, your love is limited. 
The Bible says in Luke 6, 32, it says, if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those, this is a big one. I was like, whoa, that's huge. If you lend to those from who you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners, expecting to be repaid in full. But love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High, because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Come on, see, you can't even do stuff like this without the Spirit of God present in your life. So what we got to do is we got to be praying, God, fill me with your Spirit. Come on, I'm going to create some intimacy. I'm gonna, I want to I wanna create some space where, where we are together, where we're walking in unity. Am I already that far behind? Man, oh man. <laughs> I'm going to skip that. Let's go to number three. Uh, number three, choosing life means choosing family. And I just want to share with you this, that your family matters, like your family really does matter. And I would encourage us, and I think that if anything hopefully good came out of or is coming out of this time where we're slowing down a little bit. I mean, I know for me, like I've spent more time with my wife than, than I have in years, and it's been so refreshing, so so wonderful. We have, we have reconnected in a way that that we just, we just, you know, you don't even realize that there's some distance until, until you, just, you just reconnect. I mean, we didn't have any issues or anything serious, but it's just been super nice, you know, to spend that quality time. And I want to encourage you to invest in your family, like invest in your kids, be a part of your kids' life. Even if you haven't spoken to them, even if there was problems that separated and divided, come on, let's let humility and love reign. Come on, don't be afraid to say, I'm sorry, even if it wasn't your fault. Don't be afraid to start the conversation because God can use you being spirit-filled, spirit-led, spirit-driven, come on, to release some healing, and you don't have to worry about, you don't have to worry about going, you know, going to your grave, you know, with, with unresolved business. But I also want to encourage you this, that in the family, there might be a definition that's different than what you're thinking. Jesus was in a house one day and somebody came bursting into the house and they said, hey, listen, your mother and your brother's here. You know, they need to talk to you. And Jesus asked this crazy question. He said, who is my mother? Who are my brothers? They're like, what? He's like, he's like those who do. And he's talking to the disciples. Those that do come on the will of my father or my mother. And those are my brothers. And so he gives a definition that is broader, come on, than the blood family that you have, that you've raised living under your roof. And, um, and, and we've got to consider, come on, his family being broader. God's family is not necessarily just defined by where you come from. The Bible says in Galatians 3.26, So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ, have clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male or female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. 
Does that mean that being family doesn't mean that there's not going to be any differences? Well, no, because one of the things that it represented was male and female, and we will never understand each other fully, right? How many of you know that we, like it, like I believe that that's part of God's plan, that we are created so differently that it's going to take work and it's going to take trust for us to, you know, to serve one another. So I'm encouraging you to be thankful for who you are. You are unique. You're so unique that your fingerprint is unlike anybody else's fingerprint that's ever lived before. That's pretty stinking unique. You know, celebrate your, celebrate your race. Celebrate your gender. Celebrate your color. Celebrate, come on, you know, where you come from, your heritage. Celebrate your legacy. But do not celebrate these things at the cost of not loving people. We cannot prioritize that over, come on, the call to love people. Do not lose love. I think it's interesting that Jesus spent his life breaking down walls that had been erected for generations and generations, like, like Jews and Gentiles. Like there was so much racism amongst Jews and Gentiles. Guess what? Jesus tore down that wall. You know, women before Christ have always been, sometimes in many other religions, women have been treated oftentimes like property. Guess what? The Bible says that when Jesus came, there's no male or female. He broke down that wall. And then he, he dealt with, the, he dealt with, the, with the, uh, the financial part of it. There's no bond or free. Come on, we're all the same. So he spent his whole ministry, come on, breaking down and tearing down walls. And guess what? He calls you to be the same. He doesn't call the church to jump on the bandwagon and speak hate and, 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 and be, you know, divisive. He, he calls us, come on, to stand for truth, but then also standing for truth, what you believe in, the convictions, he will give you the ability to do so in love. As you're led by his spirit. Trying it on your own probably looks nasty. And it probably, you know, looks like a feeble attempt. But I'm telling you with the Lord, there is a way to disagree but still love the person in the hope that Jesus loves them and wants to save them as well. You know, one of the beautiful pictures that I've seen, there was a... Recently, the place that I've seen racism the most is not here in the United States. Where I've seen racism the most, and, and not amongst the Christians in this area, so I want to be clear on that. But in the Dominican Republic, the Dominicans and the, and the Haitians, they share a border. And, and the Dominicans, many of the Dominicans, I'm not talking about in the church, I'm just talking about in the area. They look at Haitians as second or third class citizens. In fact, there's a young man that you have helped to support. This young man... Was in a, he was in an earthquake, and he lost his family overnight. And he was a refugee sent to the Dominican Republic, and he loves the Lord. He fell in love with Jesus, and, and he serves you know, at an orphanage there. And Well, when we go over to the Dominican Republic, I met Haslam for the first time, and he told me his story. 
and, and Haslam was struggling, he would literally live from couch to couch. He would, he would live on his pastor's couch for a period of time. They would live in somebody else's you know, house on the couch for a period of time because and, and, he couldn't get a job. He didn't have the right papers to get a job. So we as a church, your finances, sent, we sent him back to Haiti, come on, covered his, his, his costs where he could get all of his paperwork, his visa and everything else. We paid for all of that so that he could get all that in order, go back to the Dominican Republic and work and get a real job. This kid is talented. He could come up here any Sunday and lead worship in this house. He is brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Play any instrument, pick up an instrument, and just start singing like canaries. Beautiful, great talent, a teacher, could work at a school, but he couldn't because he didn't have, he didn't have any, he didn't have his paperwork in order. You know what blows me away about this? I told Haslam, I told him, listen, I, this is what I want to do for you. I want to buy you because everybody travels around on motorcycles. And I said, listen, as a church, what we want to do is we want to buy you a sweet motorcycle, like the best motorcycle of all the motorcycles. And you can put your name on it. You can charge people to take them from, you know, place to place. And, and I'm like, I got this great business opportunity. We're going to set you up. You're going to provide for your family. You're going to do this and that. We're going to, you know, God's favor is upon your life. And he said, oh, no, pastor, don't do that. I said, what? what? Don't do that. This is brilliant. He's like, no, listen, they will kill me and take my bike. They will kill me. It would be dangerous for me to do that job. Don't do that. Please don't buy me that bicycle. It'll, it'll cost me my life. And so what we're doing is we've set him up, come on, where he can buy things on the cheap and he can sell them in the streets. He can buy things on the cheap, and he can sell so he can provide for his, his family. But you know what's even more beautiful than that? He's been raised in racism. Like he sees it all the time, living in the, not amongst the church people, but he sees it all the time, being a Haitian in the DR. But you know what he does? He serves in the orphanage in the DR. He serves people in his church in the DR. Come on, so you can be raised a certain way, and that, that means that, you know, it doesn't mean that you have to continue in that way. You can continue in love. Amen? And I'm just telling you, let us have an ear to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying during this time. Can I get a good amen? You receive the word of the Lord today. Amen. Matthew. Come on up here. We got a baptism. We're gonna we got a great baptism today. We got a baptism second service as well. But but we're gonna worship the Lord. And and while Matthew and the team is coming up, I just want you to know this that that if the if if God is just bumping you like in your spirit, today is the day to repent. Come on, you are at a crossroads right now. And I'm just saying, if you've got hanger anger that's 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 being hungry and angry at the, maybe I'm maybe I got hanger <laughs> if you is it time to eat yet um if you've got anger or pride or strife or malice or you're just disgusted and and you you know you just thought man you know let's fight fire with fire and 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 something needs to be done like if you like you cannot you cannot choose life with that stuff in your heart. You will not go forward with death in your heart. You cannot walk in life. And I'm just asking you this morning, simply, 
that, that if you've got some things that you need to clean up with God, do it now. Do it right where you are. We're going to worship. I want you to just close your eyes and, and, and get things right. You know what I mean? Say, God, I'm sorry. I'm a knucklehead. I say this all the time. The Lord is like, yeah, you don't even have to say that no more. I know it so much. Repentance and turning is so vitally important. I encourage you to do that today. Amen. That's it for today's teaching. Hey, here's an idea. Share today's message with a friend or family member. If you're listening from outside our fellowship, we'd love to meet you. Visit graceid.org and hit the contact form to get in touch. We'd also love for you to join us. You can even check us out on Facebook Live by searching Facebook for Grace Church Rupert ID. Learn more and plug in at graceid.org. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Grace Community Church.